You take the midnight subway train, eh, eh, you're calling all the shots. You're struck by lightning, you're in love. Oops, I was doing a test to see if my mic was working. Singing some rat. But there you go. Uh, this is uh, a short episode. I thought I would do on the day before I go back to work. And the day off I took off after Heroes Con. So we flew there on Wednesday, got there really late. Like, whew, it was around midnight by the time we got to the hotel. And uh, it was a fiasco. We almost didn't make our layover flight, but they were delayed, so we lucked out there. But we got in pretty late and uh, were really tired. And then the next day they said the water was going to be turned off from 9 to 11, so that kind of sucked. But uh, we got to the hotel, and then Thursday we chilled out pretty much the entire morning. We had breakfast because we paid for the hotel breakfast, which is still a buffet. The woman was telling us, though, that they're getting rid of the buffet, which sucks because we like that buffet. It's like $14, and uh, you can eat like any all, anything you want, really. And um, the other thing that changed at the hotel is they used to have a shuttle. And that shuttle would take you anywhere within five miles. So that was like sweet to go to restaurants and stuff. That's no longer the case. Um, the doors across the street were locked. So we walked a little bit further. But um, I still like it. It's still, even though the hotel has its flaws, it's still. And then Bill came in and. We went out to eat for Korean barbecue that day with Micah and Claire and Bill. And that was really good. Um, we had went to go get our passes for the next day. There was no line whatsoever. There were no lines any of the days. Uh, but we were always a little bit late all the days. We didn't like show up prior to it opening. The first day was pretty fun. Um, the thing that I remember the most is the romance panel and meeting Eric. Uh, let's see, what is he? What is his last name? Kraus. He does ninjas versus robots on on day one, and we bought some like collectible stuff from him, which was really cool. Like his first Kickstarter, he still had a copy of that, and he did a sketch in it for me and Bill, because Bill got the same thing, and then we got like a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive that he had made up for San Diego. He had a few of those copies. And um, I got some exclusive covers for a Keen Spot that he did, and also for Dynamite, he had done a Samurai Sonya. So I was really happy with those pickups. And uh, me and Bill, in the morning, we did like, cheap bin looking and I didn't really find much he found a lot Bill bought a lot of stuff and uh, he raided all the stuff I mean there was a couple of things that he got that I really wanted there was like an avatar book that I never heard of um, there was some other things he got a profit chromium cover by Platt uh, there, were, there was a couple of things that he got that I was like wow I wish I would have paid attention but what really happened, why I was having trouble buying stuff that day is because I was in pain because at the airport, we had to run from one terminal to the other 
and I sort of sprained my side. It was a weird pain. But um, when we were bin diving at, at the con, and if I was standing straight up, that pain would, like, hurt. So I had to, like, keep walking. I had to keep moving. And um, that that distracted me on day one, day two. Day three, it wasn't bad. Um, day three is when I did a lot of my buying. And um, I was very um, picky on what I was looking at. I don't, I didn't really know what I wanted. And, um, there was a couple things that I was close to pulling the trigger. There was a uh, mystery in space featuring the face, the first, uh, space ranger, which I, I wanted to get. It was pretty beat up. It was probably like a three, five, but it still would have been a cool copy to have. There was a Wonder Woman cover that I absolutely loved that was Golden Age that uh, had a white background and looked nice, but the t staples were detached. But I almost pulled the trigger on that one. And then there was a couple of Golden Age action comics and Superman that I was looking at. I looked at a couple of Jungle comics. Um, that was on day one, and I, I really didn't know what to spend it on. Um... So, and what I ended up doing was was finding something on Sunday. I kind of split up from Bill, and I kind of did my own shopping. And I uh, I found Tomorrow's Treasures. They were there, and they know me. They were like, uh, the the lady knew me from like four years ago. She says you're always with Chris Campbell, right, in Hassan. And I said, yeah. How do you remember that? And. Uh, <clears throat> I had seen them on Saturday, but there were like no books at all. Like they they had only like CGC books, uh, Golden Age CGC books. So I was surprised to see that he had laid out some mid tier because I, I like the way he, he usually has like three piles. He's got dollar piles and they're usually older books. And then they're $5 piles, usually older books, and they're out of plastic. And then he's got $10 ones that are in plastic and uh the ten dollar ones were there and guess what they had silver age superman uh silver age superboy um action comics a few of them and uh i i, I pretty much cleared them of all the stuff they had and there were some showcases that i i really uh was happy to to run across but uh that's when I did most of my shopping. Um, there was a creator there that we had pulled. A, there, there was a independent creator on day one that I bought something from. He, his name was Ben Lacey. And uh, <clears throat> I was hesitant to buy this other than I love sharks. And he had a comic book called Shark of War. And the reason I was hesitant to buy it because Bill started looking at it and I saw the art was computer generated it was all computer generated and I hate computer generated art but I love sharks so he had six issues of Shark of War so I decided I was gonna buy um, Shark of War number one and I, I was gonna try to read it while I was at the convention and then decide if I wanted to buy any more but uh, I didn't read it until I got home. I, I read it and I really liked it. 
Yeah, the art is a little distracting for my eyes because it's computer generated. But issue six, I noticed he got a real artist to do, and he had done the art computer generated one through five. And then he did another Cthulhu looking book. And um, I was impressed with that first book that I ended up buying online um, two through five. I bought Strange Places from Keith Cunningham, who's a friend of Geek Brunch and uh, a good friend. Um, he has an anthology, and I had one through three, and uh, I ended up buying four through six plus two one-shots he had. I bought Alan's Power Principle sketch cover and got a sketch. We bought a prose work, which I probably won't read from Luke, Luke Foster because it's prose, but we supported him. And then uh, Barb bought a prose work from Keith C Cunningham. I found this strange publisher. Um, I forget what their name is. Let me see if I can find what their name is. <clears throat> the publisher's name. <clears throat> but he had... A book open and I looked at it and I looked at the thing and it said that looks like Alex Zurich and did black mask stuff and he had a ghost agents and he had the book open on his table and I was like god dang that looks fucking awesome and I thumbed at it and it was treasury sized edition square bound newsprint uh, format called ghost agents and uh Let's see if they have the publisher in here. Because they had a lot of interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. It's published from Los Angeles, but I'm not sure what the company is. <clears throat> but they had this, and then they had a fanzine, which I don't think it's approved for publication. But it was called Image Grand Design, kind of like the Hulk Grand Design, X-Men Grand Design, you know, things like that. Fantastic Four Grand Design. <clears throat> Except it was in Image Grand Design, and it was telling, like, the, the grand design of Image Comics. And it came with, like, this really cool poster that felt like a sticker, but it was 11 by 17 poster and uh, had all the main image icons you know that was released young blood spawn no savage dragon shadow hawk i think pit was on there <clears throat> there was walking dead even though that came much later and uh some wildcats and you know all that stuff and i was like oh i gotta have this even though it's a fanzine and it was a trade paperback it looks really cool i haven't read it yet i started reading ghost agents but <laughs> Whoever booth this was, they had some really interesting material that I like. And um, I was impressed with that. I picked that up. So I spent like 50 bucks there because Ghost Agents was 30 And I think the uh, the image uh, grand design was 20 Uh Really good value for what. The page count is and everything and um yeah pick that up 
I did get to run into uh, uh, I can't even think of it. I, I did I did um, find two superpowers mini comics. These were collecting is volume one and volume two. They're collecting the comics that actually came with the superpower toys, and they're like, well, well, Mike, why don't you have the comics? I think I threw away the comics and kept the toys. But uh, this is a full unauthorized reprinting in Squarebound in a mini comic printed of those. Um, I also ran across Andy Tom and Chris Marshall from Collected Comics Library. That was really cool. To, to I didn't expect to run across them, but I got to spend some quality time with them and um, Andy Tom is the, the one who pointed me into these superpowers, or I wouldn't have found them because they were, they were behind some desk, and they pulled them out and got me these copies, and I was like, these are really cool. Um, they're, volume 1 reprints the 12 mini-comics included with Kenner's superpowers action figures from Series 1, and then this did the Series 2 action figures comics. Um, so I was happy to get those because I material that f fell under the material I threw away as a kid, which I wish I didn't throw away. But oh well, I did. So there, there's that. <clears throat> so I will tell you some of the back issues I got from tomorrow, um, tomorrow's treasures, and. Um, Got to open up the, the bag. I haven't inventoried these yet. But uh, they were a lot of these were already in Mylar, but no backing board, which was kind of cool. And the thing I love about Tomorrow's Treasures, these even smell great. Oh, man. Um, the thing I love about Tomorrow's Treasures is he really tries to buy a bulk stuff and then sell the premium stuff that he cares about at thousands and thousands of dollars and then just liquidate everything else he doesn't care about and I guess he didn't care about Jaguar because I picked up a lot of the including issue number one I picked up um, one two three four six six issues of the adventures of Jaguar might be the first six issues really great shape there they could it be from fine to uh um i'd say they're fine condition if i had them graded and then most of these supermans were fine condition as well had superman 150 157 159 yeah that's mylar you're hearing 175 this one's cut 176 179 180 on Superman. Some really great covers. Uh, 182. Uh, 188. This one has a crazy cover. The School of Superman Assassins. And he's like, Idiots! You get zero on the exam if you can't even kill me. An android duplicate of Superman. You'll flunk this course. Now find a way to destroy me or be expelled. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
this is Superman 189. Uh, this says crypto on. Well, it says this is Krypton where I was born, but I brought the touch of death to all my people. The only survivor is my dog Crypto, and he doesn't remember me. Krypton Second Doom. There's 194. You carved a beautiful memorial to mom, son. She'll never be forgotten as long as a member of the Superman family is dead. I was alive. And it says, featuring the greatest imaginary story of them all, the death of Lois Lane. So that's probably John there, you know, as his son. And Lois was his wife at one point. This one's 208. The underworld tricked me into wearing this collar, but I don't dare remove it. The bleeps from Superman's collar show he's over Paris. This tracker's better than a bloodhound. Now the super sap can never hide from us. How the mob bellied Superman like a cat. Superman 210. That's pretty cool. 213. You can see I got a lot. 217. I got two two set two seventeens. Uh, 272 and a Lois Lane number 68 and a Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen 63. So those are all gems. The reason I didn't read the Jaguar numbers is because I'd have to open them inside. They're 10 cent issues and you can't see the number. I, I know that number one is there because I opened it and looked at it. But um, yeah, those were some great, great finds. Um, some other things that were there, that, that same uh, package in another bag. Oh, I gotta tell ya, um, because that guy knew me at Tomorrow's Treasures, it was a really good deal because <clears throat> all those books were ten dollars each, and uh, the total came to five. I think it's five fifty something, five sixty, and. Uh, he told me, since I know you and my wife knows you and all this good stuff, and we love Campbell, um, I'll tell you what, you'll pay the full amount if I flip this dollar bill and you get tails. And if you get the head on the dollar bill, then I will give you it for 450 So either way, I wasn't going to lose. So I would say, hell yeah, flip the dollar bill, and I won. So... I got $550 of comic books for 450 and I also got good conversation because we were talking about, like, as a dealer, you know, which shows he wants to be at, and he's like, Heroes is like a mecca, it's like the best place to be, because everybody that's coming through that door, he say gate, but everybody that comes through that gate is for comics, like, there's nobody here for William Shatner, there's no one here for actors, it's all comic books, and all comic book creators. And yes, there's t-shirts and toys and stuff. But it's mostly comics. And I'm like, you're right. And I said, that's why I'm not at Denver Comic Con. That's why I come all the way to North Carolina to enjoy this. Is because it's all comics. It's just comics. It's the best comic book 
mecca. It, it really is. And even as I was talking to Chris Marshall and Andy Tom, they were saying, we got to come here next year. They had such a grand time that they were like, I, I don't need to go to any other convention ever because this is the comic convention. And I was like, you're right. This is why I come here every year. And yes, I missed four years because of COVID. But I'm back. I hope, hopefully, I'm back for good. Although, God, I hate flying now. God, I'm so old. I hate connecting flights. I hate having to run. I hurt myself that, you know, on the way there and on the way back, because we almost missed our our connecting flight um, in Denver, believe, believe it or not, to get to Colorado Springs, and that was delayed. But uh, I, I sprinted and sprained my calf. So, yeah, it's like I'm just a fucking mess. But, um, yeah, um, let me let me open up these. These these this was some treasure, a treasure trove of, of comic books. I, I got Captain Adam 82, the first appearance of Nightshade. Captain Adam number 88. Um, Challengers of the Unknown. Number 34. Challenges of the Unknown 45. Metal Men number 4. All 10 bucks. Uh, Mystery in Space 93. That one has Space Ranger in it. Uh, sea Devils. I can't remember what number this is because it's dollar. It's covered. Um, sea Devils 16. Sea Devils 21. So th three issues of Sea Devils. Uh, Strange Adventures number 99. Action Comics number 284. This one has the Babe of Steel. Um, I must convince them that I'm an adult Superman in a child's body. I'm not a child, Lieutenant. I'm Superman. See? Superman, I must be seeing things. How could this kid be Superman? Uh, we have uh, Action Comics 314, 321. <laughs> These kids are playing with Superman. Featuring Superman as the weakest man in the world. And they're throwing him around. And they said, let's play ball with this weakling stranger. Throw him to me. Here comes, here he comes, catch. And Superman's thinking to himself, I've never been so humiliated on this planet. Everyone is super but me. Even the children were, can toss me around like a beanbag. Uh, we have 331 Action Comics. Uh, 364. Dark Man Forbidden Tales of Dark Mansion number six uh, and number eleven. Showcase presents. This is Showcase presents Metalman number thirty-nine. Showcase presents Tommy Tomorrow number forty-six, number forty-seven, number fifty-one featuring I Spy, King Faraday. Um. Showcase presents number 68 featuring the Maniacs. Such a great cover. Uh, number 69 featuring the Maniacs. Number 74 featuring Anthro. 
Number 77 featuring Angel and the Ape. Number 67 as a Superboy. Number 120 of Superboy. And number 129 of Superboy. And 133 of Superboy. So that wraps up all my other comics. And then I got a bunch of, like I said, other comics from other individuals that were in, in, in the alley. And uh, like I got those uh, Ninjas vs. Robots books that I, I, I talked about. So it's like a treasure trove of stuff. Um, the panels I went to were romance comics. That was really cool. We'll be talking about that in Geek Brunch. But uh, it had two women. Uh, one one had, was a historian of romance comics. And the other woman worked in the Marvel bullpen in the 70s when they had two romance comics and she was the one that wrote wrote the columns for wrote the dear abby if you will stuff the in the letters column and before that it was all men she was like the first woman to actually write like she was a woman before it was like men pretending <laughs> so yeah that was that was pretty crazy um i really enjoyed that panel that was a really good panel Bill went to the autobiographical comics with Zoe Thorogood and Van Skyver, Noah Van Skyver. And uh, Jim Shooter was there, but he wasn't in a panel. Um, Bill attended the Marvel Editors panel. He, he said it wasn't as good as he thought, but I missed that because I was talking to tomorrow's treasures and buying comics at the exact same time that panel i was supposed to go to was at, and i just got lost in in time um and andy tom picked up a, a cover for jungle comics it was, it was so awesome i was like you got that for a steal it was a hundred bucks and i went to if I if I was in if I was in Colorado and got that I'd buy more more art because he had three more covers of Jungle Act Jungle Antarctic's Jungle comics that I would have liked to have. They weren't as good as the one Andy got by a long shot, but they were still Jungle comics and I would have bought them. Um, I went to see Andrew Peepoy. I visited with him. Uh, he he was gonna do me a Lois Lane commission but ran out of time i had already paid for it so he said he would include that commission with the kickstarter that he did so he owes me two two commissions um one for the kickstarter and one he still owes me from heroes so i was kind of bummed out i didn't come home with any art but um it is what it is and uh i i'm probably done buying art to tell you the truth because I, I just never get it in time anymore um, even though I expect it it's the artists sign up for more they can chew and then I get it like really late I, I just have burned too many times and I'm just as much as I love it I probably won't do it again unless it's through a Kickstarter so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done with the commission and more concentrating on comics I was tempted to pull the trigger on Amazing Spider-Man 129, I didn't. I had it in my hand, though. It was would have been a couple grand. I wouldn't have got both of them. And I also had um, 
Hulk 181 uh, in my hands. And they were about the grades that I was targeting. They were roughly uh, four fives um, that, that I was targeting at. But I didn't get any of those. I, I really want them. I think if I wait any longer, they're going to just go higher. Um, and I, I, there, there, there are two books that I really want in my collection. But um, two keys that I really want in my collection. There are some other ones. But uh, I'm not missing a lot. <laughs> At least, you know, keys that are in that time frame. Because I, I have most of them. But uh, those are two I'm definitely missing. Um, I, we did find these... This this guy that we picked up a free comic book day little brochure called fighting guys and uh this one was from rubber wolf comics and me and bill liked it so much we laughed he filmed a little video on twitter if you want to go look for it uh i posted it and uh it was a live reading of fighting guys and we had so much fun with it that we stopped at that guy's, you know, table and said, what's the closest thing you have to this little free comic book day sample? And he pointed us in the direction. And um, it looks like over-the-top Kirby fight scenes, but uh, it looks fun. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Bill, Bill did give me some duplicates that he had, so I had that pile as well. And then I picked up just some random shit in the dollar and three dollar bins. The the other big find was um, Spidey Super Stories. This was a collaboration between the Electric Company and Marvel Comics. And I only have like three of them. And the, the, I had two more that I very memorable. One had... Um, a Moon Dragon on the cover. And I still haven't re-got it yet. But I traded a lot of my Spidey Super Stories away, and they weren't really that good when, when <laughs> I picked them up because they were, were toned down to be more all ages and uh, go along with the Electric Company because Spider-Man was on that uh, PBS show, The Electric Company, right after Sesame Street. It was always watch Sesame Street, uh, Electric Company and 321 Contact. That was like the shit back in the day on public broadcasting. And, um, hey, you guys, it was Electric Company. And I picked up, I picked up about eight copies of Spidey Super Stories for $3. Why I say that was such a good deal is because they're usually double digits. They're usually 20 to $30 each. And uh, they're usually hard to find. Um, I don't know what the print run is, in, but I, I very seldom run across them. But now I have like 10 to 15 uh, issues of Spider Super Stories. Uh, eventually, I would like to have a full run. But I, I was really happy to pick those up. I picked up some odd stuff um, in the $3 bu bundle on day one. Uh, I don't have them in front of me, so I'm not going to go grab them. But uh, a lot of it, you would be like, I don't care about that. <laughs> Why do I? Uh, there was a couple of 
there was two adventure comics I did pick up that were in the three dollar bin, and then two more Superman comics. So I, I did pick up a few DCs, and uh, I would have picked up more if I wasn't having that pain. And it was a weird pain, and it like worked itself out. Like since we got back, or since the flight. On Monday, all day Monday, I didn't feel that pain, but I did feel it Friday, Saturday, and then part of Sunday. So, yeah, and then we had good meals. I mean, the highlight for me, meals-wise, was a Korean barbecue. I thought that was fantastic. I can't remember what we ate the next night, but it was really good. Thursday night was the Korean barbecue. The next one, I don't remember, but... I really liked it and then it just sort of petered out from there because we went to a taco place and yeah it was good but it was like Chipotle to me at least what I ordered I ordered a burrito and it was like Quidoba Chipotle um, it was all right and then the next day we had barbecue but they didn't have burn ends that's what I really went for and uh I got ribs and uh, brisket. The brisket was really good. The cornbread was really good. The mac and cheese was mediocre. Um, God, I can't remember what we ate after Korean barbecue. It's going to drive me nuts. But I, I really liked it. I'll figure it out. I can't remember. Because we went out with Micah and Claire to eat every night of the week. And Bill... Um, and Cuttingham and Luke joined us for one meal, and I can't remember what that was. And then Cuttingham and Alan joined us for the tacos and also for the barbecue. But I can't remember what the one place was. A lot of the restaurants, oh, it was Midnight Diner. That was really good. We had burgers. I had a burger there. That place is always good. It's in a new location. About the same distance, but you don't have to cross the highway now, which I really liked. So um, there was that. But the Korean barbecue I'd go to again. We didn't go to the dish for the first time in many years. But I wish we would have went to the dish um, and in the place of another one of those other places. Because that's like... We didn't go to Mertz either. So I, I kind of really wish I would have gone to Mertz. I, I like Mertz for the sides more than the chicken and stuff, but we didn't go there either. So there's two places that we could have gone to replace the two places that I didn't really care for. But um, parking is a bitch. A lot of the restaurants that we normally went to, uh, they used to have this um, center downtown that had like bars and restaurants and stuff and they had all closed the wing place closed that we used to go to i mean these all the like restaurants were gone so it was like restaurants we had to like just rethink everything you know replan everything but um it was a really good trip i i talked to matt kent i we talked to pat shand I didn't talk to DeFalco. I wanted to go to their panel, DeFalco and Friends, because I didn't really have anything to say to them other than thank you. <laughs> I didn't have anything to sign. It would have been nice if I would have had some Thor to take to them and say, can you please sign this? Um, I really like their Thor, Spider-Girl, everything that they've ever done. 
them as a team has just been fantastic. I went to a sketch panel with Alan Davis, uh, Paul Pelletier. And this is an interesting story. And Garcia Lopez. And I've been to these sketch-offs, and they're, they're a lot of fun. These three are interesting because they're older, Paul Pelletier being the youngest. And they were cranky in terms of, like, what the... Usually, when I went to San Diego Com, Comic-Con, um, it was Kyle Baker, Scott Shaw, uh, Jim Lee, and Sergio Aragonis. And they were given, like, themes. And anybody could shout at things. And the, the, the rules were, whoever got picked, they'd have to draw whatever that was. And it, it didn't have to be a superhero or whatever. It was kind of like... Draw your most embarrassing moment at a comic shop store. Draw your favorite character, and they would just do it. This one was more character themed, so it's like draw Swamp Thing. Nobody wanted to draw Swamp Thing. Draw any Marvel hero. Uh, I think somebody shouted out Nightcrawler, um, and uh, Garcia Lopez doesn't know Marvel characters because he spent his entire life at DC. So the Marvel character that they did draw was the Hulk. So they all did one of those. And then they gave out these tickets. And uh, I did get to to hang out with Glenn Clark. He was at the same hotel as me. And he had brought some like Archie Digests and Richie Rich Digest and Dennis the Menace. And a couple of Digests that were just pocketbooks that he said, do you want them? And I said, sure, I'll take them. Um, so I went to his room and on one morning and uh picked up those and we talked a little bit about superman mostly uh the current superman whether it be action and superman and uh steelworks and superboy and the man of tomorrow and superman son of tomorrow whatever it's called just basically all the superman books we had a good discussion about that and then we were talking about the Garcia Lopez panel, and we ended up going there. And uh, the one thing I didn't know about the Garcia Lopez panel was that they were going to auction off art. So they gave everybody a ticket right before the convention. And I sat next to Glenn, but I moved originally, so I had the ticket next to Glenn. And I moved because they had an overhead projector that they were rotating between the artists, except it never went to Alan Davis because Alan Davis can't draw on a flat. Alan Davis draws like on his chest and uh, really light pencils, but they were showing some of them and then they wouldn't show the all art. So one of the pictures was Wonder Woman. So, you know, they all drew a Wonder Woman. They all drew a Batgirl. They all drew a Hulk. And what else did they draw? Oh, all drew a Joker. I think those are the four characters. So that was four, three times four is twelve. There were twelve drawings to be auctioned off, and it was it was a fun panel. While they were picking characters and while they were drawing, they were answering questions. A lot of them, a lot of them like to answer questions while while they were drawing. And they did the same thing with. The one that I saw at San Diego, um, I never seen Alan Davis before. That was interesting, but they weren't mic'd up, and I'm deaf in one ear. So when Alan Davis gave a lot of his answers, I couldn't understand him. Uh, Paul Pelletier was the only one that was sort of speaking into the mic. 
and clearly and then Garcia Lopez was very low toned and away from the mic so I I could hear him because I was a little closer to him but I couldn't hear with his accent any almost any of the responses that Alan Davis had but there, it was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. Bill didn't go with me to that one, but I was right there. But the the funny story about that is they're announcing this, and all the tickets were way off from my ticket until they did the Garcia Lopez Joker, and they drew it, and they were reading off the last numbers, and I was like, yes, 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 and the last number was one off, and it was Glenn Clark that won it. So I was I, I was very happy that he won it, but I was so close, and I never win shit like that. So uh, I would have been really happy to to win that, but I didn't. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I came so close. But it, it was a fun little panel. And then the other panel I went to, I got there late uh, also because I was buying stuff. So so I got separated from Bill a lot. You know, Bill was targeting more dollar and $3 bins, and I was targeting more big spending bigger um but not um i didn't buy anything over 10 bucks um which it's kind of shocking and unusual for a convention i did look at a lot uh that were high priced you know items in the couple hundreds anyway I, i looked at two books that were in the thousands which i told you about punisher uh, Amazing Spider-Man 129, Hulk 181. <clears throat> uh, I had an opportunity to buy an Amazing Spider-Man 129 from a friend, uh, Kirk. I, I did get to meet Kirk, and uh, I tell you, I love this guy. He he's just so um, knowledgeable on stuff that is so obscure. Uh, he's just got this memory of like. Who did the first, who's Paul Pelletier's first comic book? And a lot of obscure stuff and not mainstream stuff. He just just knows it. And then when I was with him, I met so many unique people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. I I, I met a guy, Delvin, who's another podcaster, which I didn't know. But uh, he just finished his amazing Spider-Man run at the con and was telling us about it. I met another guy that was a comic creator back in the day, and uh, Kirk obviously knew what his book was, and Kirk buys from him now. And uh, yeah, Kirk just knows everybody. And then, of course, there's Bill. Our our discussions are just, I I wish we could record them all because they're all amazing. I, I love Bill. He's, he truly is like my brother and, and best friend. Um, I trust him well enough to stay in the same room with me every every year and he's always there for me and I hope he knows that I'm always there for him if he needs anything but uh he uh I podcast with Bill for hours not because I feel like I have to podcast with Bill for hours I I podcast with Bill for hours because I can talk to this guy for hours and always learn something new and experience something and we have our passion for comics that's very similar and um we can just go on and talk talk and talk about comics and comic creators and art and everything and just enjoy ourselves and uh yeah he's he's amazing and uh kirk's amazing and 
Andy Tom was great to meet. I, I, he's done art for me in the past. I've always talked to him. Um, I met Chris from Collective Comics Library, and yes, his voice is just like it is on the podcast. He's got a radio voice, even when you just talk to him regularly. It's just like this perfect radio voice. I'm, my voice is horrible on podcasts. People are like, God, that, damn, that guy's so unprofessional. But, uh, yeah, I got to meet, I didn't get to meet Ed more. I, I really wanted to. Things didn't work out. He left early on Sunday or early on Saturday. I think I was supposed to meet him on Saturday. Yeah, I think it was Saturday I was supposed to meet him. Saturday morning and things didn't work out. And, and I was, I didn't have his phone number, but I had his Twitter. So I would text him on Twitter and he'd text me. By the time I looked at Twitter, because I don't have my Twitter notifications going on the phone, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't syncing up. I went to a Mike Grill panel, but only caught the the back half of it, and I'd been to a Mike Grill panel before. Um, that one had that was a lot of fun. Uh, I would have went to two more panels, but I, I just lost track of time. I, I didn't set my alarm on my phone or. I, I got lost in the moment uh, often. Uh, one of the things I, I did do that was really fun is I sat in the back of Alan's table for a while. And uh, I I decided to take one of his blank covers and do my own sketches. And I did two sketches. And I, I got to use his tools. He had like this blue outline pen, which I thought was amazing. I need to go buy this one of these things. But it's like so you can sketch your form and, you know, do your form before you actually ink it. And then he had like this brush pen and it was so fragile and weird that I, I just had so much fun playing with it. The the blue pen was like I felt really comfortable with, like a real relaxed. And then this brush, I like tensed up because I didn't know if I was pushing too hard or pushing too light. Or it was very difficult to use, but it was fascinating. And I, I spent about half hour at his table, and I just had a fun time, you know, sketching. And at some point, I will will actually um, will do, you know, a table, hopefully sharing with with somebody because, uh, like. Luke has a free table because he's in he's North North Carolina and he knows people. Uh, Shelton Sheldon I don't know what his name is but heroes are hard to find. You know Keith has to pay a fee, and it's almost like a hundred dollars a day, and to recoup that is like incredibly hard, especially for somebody like me and Bill. So like if me and Bill shared a, if there was enough room for two chairs. And me and Bill shared a chair, and then we had the guesser and the liquor, and then Keith had one table for his stuff. I think 150 we could recoup between the both of us, but I don't know. It, at least Keith knows how to draw, so he could do sketches, which he had somebody at his table that really liked his stuff. Um, I could do sketch covers, but I can't draw worth the fuck. Maybe I'll learn learn to draw, but we'll see. But I thought I would talk about my top... I didn't get any questions, so I thought I would talk about my top five 
Superman villains because I'm so into to Superman right now. And uh, a lot of them are going to be like sort of who they've always been. Like number one is Lex Luthor. There, there, there's no other villain that's worse than Lex Luthor. He manipulates Superman. He's way smarter than Superman. He hates him because he's an alien. He wants to destroy him. He wants to kill him. He is sometimes in the good lights of the media, and he makes him dangerous because he's out. But now he's in jail, um, but still working with Superman. Brainiac is such a threat because of his smart IQ and his goals and stuff. He's a very dangerous uh, villain for Superman. Uh, he's probably number two. Bizarro would be there, but he's got an innocence to him that sometimes Bizarro is played like a friend than a villain. But I'd have to go with Doomsday simply because of his look, his strength, and he killed Superman, which none of the others have. Uh, Mongol, ever since Philip Kennedy Johnson's story with Mongol, he's got to be up there uh, as one of the, the big villains. Um, and I would have gone with like Cyborg Superman or Parasite is number five. Um, or Eradicator. Um, but I have to go with Metallo just because I almost feel sorry for him now, too. I have some empathy towards him. But he's a, a very big villain for Superman and always has been. And he's just dangerous. Uh, up there with Cyborg Superman, but I like Metallo better. So. Yeah, I left off Darkseid. Uh, he, he's a big one. Uh, I left off Silver Banshee. Uh, some big ones. Um, Toy Man. Uh, Mr. Mixelplick. Uh, but those are my, my top five personally. And I, I think they're very dangerous for Superman. Always a threat. Always interesting to read. Lex Luthor, Brainiac, uh, Doomsday, Mongol, and uh, Metallo. So there you go. And, and a lot of them gained prominence for me during the Philip Kennedy Johnson, the Mongol and the Metallo, for sure. Um, Parasite's been in Superman. A Silver Banshee's been in Superman. So there's, there's a lot of these villains. Cyborg Superman's in action. Um, Doomsday was in action, sort of. Uh, I forget what the D Doombringer... I think that's what the new... The, the one construction worker that got a shard of Doomsday became like a, a Doomsday villain. But yeah, that was a top five. Then I'm going to need to take a break here. And uh, inventory some comics. Uh, maybe just a week this time because it's already 5.30. And um, we'll see. Pause it. Right now. All right, we're back. 
and uh, I'm going to talk about comics from May 15th to May 21st. Actually, sorry about that. Yeah, that's right. May 15th through May, May 21st and May 22nd through May 28th. So from May, for that first week, May 15th through May 21st, the things I watched were all five out of fives. No, no, they weren't. There were two four out of fives, one five out of five. So I watched Willow, the TV show that was on Disney+. Plus. I really liked it, uh, with the exception of, I think it was episode three, three that was filmed like almost in total darkness, and I couldn't see what the fuck was happening. It made it real difficult, but I really enjoyed it. It sort of was the end. It, it had a beginning, middle, and end, and it had some through lines in case they ever wanted to come back to it, but it didn't get renewed, and Disney was taking it off their Disney+. Plus. I don't know why, because they paid for it, but uh, the, I don't know where it's going to be streaming next, but I, I watched it because I found out they were going to take it off, and I jumped right in. Bad Batch, the final season, four out of five. I enjoyed it. Um, I think I finished that entire season, new season. I did, because then I jumped on to Titans. I still need to finish Rebels, but I finished all the Bad Batch. And then the five out of five was Hoosiers. That's the basketball game. I, I love watching that and watched it again. For comics, that was a total of 22 comics. We had one Titan, six Marvel, four Image, three DC, three Dynamite, five Dark Horse. The three out of fives were Hellions, 13 and 14. I really didn't even take any notes on it. It was right before Sinister became a, a big deal and X-Men Red and um, Immortal X-Men. So I don't remember much of this one, but I am going to finish reading it regardless. Um, it's in my Marvel app, and I will finish. I think I actually bought the physical copies of this, but I didn't buy a lot of the X-Men stuff when it relaunched after Hickman. Uh, I think I only stick with X-Men, Wolverine, and X-Factor, and X-Force. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, then, then the four out of fives are Conan the Barbarian, number one. Excellent art. Conan is fighting a war to protect Samaria when he decides to go on a journey outside where he grew up. We have really nice art, really good free comic book day value. Um, we have Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants. Storm forms her team to fight Sinister and looks like she might succeed when invading Mer Island when Mystique betrays her and the team. This is sort of like a thing that... It's kind of confusing to explain, but Sins of Sinister is one of these books, Nightcrawlers... Um, and what was the other one? Immortal X-Men? One of those ones. And Sins of Sinister, the bookends. Uh, this one is taking over X-Men Red during the month, and it's the Storm's book. And then the Nightcrawlers is sort of uh, Knights of X. And then, uh, why can't I remember the third one? I know I haven't read it yet, but I can't remember what it is. It's so weird. Um, that's my wife. I'm going to pause it because she's calling.
Alright, I'm back. So now I just have to remember where I left off. Um, Star Wars Visions, number one. Uh, a, samurai, a Sith Samurai and a Jedi Samurai confront each other in the hot springs and have a little tussle, but go their separate ways. This isn't in canon, but it's sort of like what-if type, type tales. That's why it's called Visions. Um interesting a very interesting art styles uh this book was visually very stunning uh miss tisdale and the fall of hyperborea this one i tried to get number two at my comic shop and uh i mean not my comic shop but uh add it to dcbs and i was too late to meet the final order cutoff because when i read it but I liked it, um, and this is that's very unusual for a um, Mike Magnola universe book. But I, I like this one. One of the la not it's unusual for me, sorry, because I don't get much Hellboy and stuff. I I dip my toe in every now and then and try stuff, but I I never stick with it. One of the last followers of a failing Heliopic Brotherhood of Ra. Um, the unassuming Miss Tisdale finds herself on the receiving end of the Brotherhood leader, leader Tefnut Truyas' final vision, connecting her life in Victorian London to a younger gladiator in ancient Hyperborea. Truesdale discovers she now has the chance to change the future by altering the bygone past. I was able today to pick up the second issue at the LCS, so we'll see. And read that one right away and see if I like it still. Uh, we have Stoneheart number two and three. I was going to dump, dump this one, but I read these two and threes and gave these a four out of five. And the other one I gave a one, uh, two out of, sorry, a three out of five. So I'm sticking with this one. I, I got on DCBS and added these back on. The backstory of the young girl as she almost killed her mother with, with her powers and is assigned a mentor. In the future, she starts to remember parts of her life. The blacksmith left her, and another guy says he is her friend, but later turns her over to another witch. Is that witch a, her, her friend or a foe? Don't know yet. These books I've been really happy with, the dynamite Disney stuff. So we got Disney villain Scar, number one and two, where Scar plans with the buzzards to get back his throne, it does show how he almost kills a baby wildebeest. It's really dark in, in that aspect. Uh, then some female lions kill a zebra. It, that one was hard too because they introduce these zebras and they have personalities and stuff and then they get wiped out. You got the circle of life happening, baby. Got Disney villains Man Maleficent. This is a young number one. A young boy tries to steal from Maleficent and gets turned into a wolf like those that were chasing him at the beginning of the story that Malef Maleficent saved him from. Bishop, it, she basically saved him and then he stole the artifact from her, that her staff, which she didn't like, and turned him into a wolf. And it goes to show this kid wasn't innocent. He was a thief. We have uh, Bishop War College, number one. Bishop trains mutants on Krakoa when they are attacked by the Strucker twins. Um, that, that was interesting, and I, I read number two today. Uh, still still very cool. I um, thought that was going to be an older story like some of the, top, the Marvel books are, uh, but it's contemporary and happening on Krakoa is 
the Strukertuans and that organization they're with are invading Krakoa. Uh, yeah, Skull and Bones number two. This is the pirate saga. The young girl with the map frees her two captors to form an alliance against the, the bigger menace. We have Torrent number two and three. This is an image comics. Cracker Jack reveals her identity to get the cops to help her with her husband's murder and son's kidnapping. It does not work, so now she is taking matters into her own hands. It looks like the super team might stop her from achieving her goals. We have 80-page giant number six. Superman tries to find a runaway boy and discovers an alien that can change shape to large objects. Superboy appears to be killing members of Smallville with an ape man, but they are really killing aliens trying to harm Earth. Superboy fights a giant centipede creature. Luther uses a duplication ray to create Bizarro, by far the best story, and Bizarro makes another Superman for the love of Lois. Uh, Jimmy Olsen's uh, watched um, tied to another creature in another universe. I said watch, but it's it's what I said watched, but it, his 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 watch his watch that's used to signal Superman is tied to another alien in another universe because the frequency got messed up. Uh, we then have White Savior 2 through 4. There was a 5 out of 5 from Dark Horse. The conclusion to a very sun story uh, with three really memorable characters. Um, it all started with just the guy getting his wallet stolen. Then he chases the girl and then they end up back in the past. And... Uh, they're sort of in the story that his grandfather always taught him. Is he the white savior or no, he's not. There's another white savior who's a drunk-ass bastard who's who actually gets killed. And he has to skin the head so he makes people think he's the white savior, but he's not. And that girl's back in the past and so is his bodybuilding friend. So those are the three characters I was talking about. We have Detective Comics 418. I finally got around to reading it. Dr. Yaz uh, had a son and was using Creeper to steal supplies for a cure. It was not a cure, but was going to sell the formula. Creeper kicked Batman's ass. Creeper is dying from a treatment uh, Yaz was giving him. Batman saves the day. A new alias of Osgord Grote for Batman. <laughs> this is... This is uh, you have Batman aliases where he disguises himself as somebody. Well, this this guy Osgard Grody is a, a like he looks like an old farmer that drives a a beat up jalopy. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Then he got uh, Barbara and Gordon attend a gangster premiere where an actual actual gangster shows up and is gunned down. As Batgirl, she tries to uncover uh, the mission. And then there's an aquarium story about a guy that kills the owner because he won't uh, buy fish tanks from him. Uh, there's a Sierra Smith story. Uh, he's hired by an old man to protect him from getting killed and finds out a young gangsters are posing as a woman so they can mine uranium out of a cave where the old guy was at. So that was really entertaining. Detective 418 I didn't own. Um, I was going posting my creeper issues and I realized I was missing it and it was a creeper story that I had to get and I ordered it off of eBay and read it right away. 
We have Superman 123 is a 5 out of 5. This is one, you know, between that and the 80-page giant lead, lead me down a rabbit hole of wanting a bunch of Silver Age Golden Age Superman. Um, Jimmy gets three wishes and wants to grant them all to his pal Superman. The first wish he gives him a mate, uh, Supergirl. It's not Supergirl like his cousin. It's another Supergirl a prototype so this is like the first appearance of supergirl prototype things are not working out as they uh work together and it turns into a nightmare the gangsters of the story use kryptonite on him and she whisks it away and asks jimmy to undo the wish because she is suffering from kryptonite poisoning so that one wish turns into a disaster for the new supergirl and superman didn't really bond with her and lois was um jealous because she wants superman but jimmy's like well he has to have a woman that can hold his baby i don't know it's so weird uh the daily planet prints an article about jimmy's wish so gangsters steal the magic staff and wish superman to lose his power so this is the second wish um jimmy and superman work together to trick them into thinking it did not work the third wish, Jimmy wishes Superman can meet his parents, but actually says mate can mate his parents. <laughs> so that turned into a disaster. But it, it was such a fun story. Um, I was so glad I picked that up. I mostly picked it up for the Supergirl prototype, not knowing that all these three great stories were in there. And it was uh, much more than I anticipated and so good. We then get into uh the week of may 22nd through may 28th a total of 24 comics four marvel and 20 dc we'll start with the four out of fives we have nightcrawlers number one a war of various clone nightcrawlers some protecting sinister and others who are not we have groot number one a very young groot captured and then rescued by private marvell and the kree uh, and taken back to their destroyed world that's the new title that's coming out. I'm reading that. Those two digitally. Um, Wasp number one and two, also a digital read. I, d I don't own these physical copies. They're Marvel Unlimited. Uh, Jan and Natasha try to, to find out they're murdered. Natasha's mother and grandfather. Uh, whirlwind attacks and they capture him. An organization is trying to resurrect the creature that killed Jan's father. Really good series. Enjoyed it. Superman number 75, 30th anniversary special, The Death of Superman. Really good anniversary special. We have uh, Superman Warworld Apocalypse. This is the finale of the Warworld story, which was absolutely phenomenal by Philip Kennedy Johnson. We have Superman Kello returns. Superman reunites with Batman, Jimmy, and Lois as he comes back from Warworld. We have Action Comics 1040 through 1054. Uh, the four out of five is the conclusion of the war world stuff where superman gets his powers back and brings the twins back to earth to live with him and lois manchester black is killed by luther and he was working for him on war world but black became loyal to superman while he was on war world light ray um this isn't the light ray you know and the omac you know but they're part of the team that went with superman to war world this light ray and this omac and apollo freed mongols uh, freed from Mongols control. Mongol kills one of the twins. 
uh, but Superman saves him with the blood of the gods. Midnighter reunited uh, with Apollo, and the Justice League finally comes to help, and Warworld is now stationed outside of Earth, uh, which sets off Luther and the Blue Earthers. That's, that's an organization on Earth that doesn't want those Kryptonians around. The Superman family reunited, and Luther uses Metallo to go after them by blackmail and capturing Metallo's sister and blaming it on Clark. The sister is really with Cyborg Superman, so not even with Luther. And there's so much, much more. Power Girl backup story with telepathy powers with Omen, who was a Titan, to free other heroes in their mindscape. Steelworks uh, tower um, higher than Luther's, so Metallo blows it up. <laughs> I'm looking forward to actually reading Steelworks. Uh, came in my shipment today. We have Superman number one, uh, Superman's origin story. He saves a woman from being electrocuted. This is number one, the Golden Age Superman, number one. S saves a woman from being electrocuted and gets another woman the death penalty. <laughs> he fights politicians, corrupt owners of mines, and sends a munitions produ uh, producer to see what war is like. Clark lets a womanizer disrupt his date with Lois. Uh, Superman drugs a bench warmer, football player, and takes his place to uncover a sporting corruption. A lot of those were reprints in Superman number one from Action. We have Action Comics Annual 2022. So that's Superman number one, the Golden Age uh, um, facsimile edition was a five out of five. And also Action Comics Annual 2022 was a five out of five. This features young Clark and young Mongol and how their lives were shaped by their mothers. Martha had cancer when Clark was very young. Clark being specials she says, Clark being special is easy for you, but some folks, they go their whole lives never knowing what that's like. So if you can help them feel that, if you can guide people to find what's amazing about themselves, well, that's the power to change the world. Oh, that gives me goosebumps to even read that. Ma Kent said that. She had cancer, and she was saying that about the guy that was bullying her and making fun of her baldness and actually knocked her over. And at the end of it, that same kid who was bullying found out he had a drunk father and they got the drunk father arrested and he got sent away, but he went to shave his head uh, to show that what he did to Ma Kent, he didn't do because, I mean, he did it but it was the wrong thing to do, and he was showing solidarity by shaving his head. This this was an amazing comic. I will be one of my favorites. And then the Mongol story was was absolutely incredible as well. So, yeah, five out of five. I want to thank you for listening. Please send feedback at mike at comicbooknoise.com. Send questions at mike at comicbooknoise.com or Twitter at at um, Mike Myers Brunch. Um, that's another way to reach me. Uh, you can find all my podcasts at Geek Brunch Podcast featuring Geek Brunch, Geek Brunch Retro, and Mike M's Weekly Reads. And then you can jump over to DC Noise um, Podcast and find DC Spotlight with me and Kyle. So I want to thank you for listening and keep loving comics, and we'll talk to you soon. You take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>